on this episode of My Lash 2 Brain Cells. Like, here's the thing. I think in 2023... Let's let's just leave that in the past. Let's just be the industry that focus, focuses less on, like, status metrics and focuses way more on actual community, actually, actual great content. Because and- you know what you can't buy? People paying you money to get lash extensions from you. Or- Hello, everybody, and welcome to My, my lash, lash 2 Brain cells. cells. I'm your host, Maddie Morris. And I'm Elliot. What? You usually say, and I'm Elliot Morris. <laughs> well, You're just more casual now. I'm cash. The, I'm people, cash the people know you by now. They know me. We're on a first name basis. I think after the 30th episode, we won't even introduce ourselves or do the intro. Yeah. We'll just say, you know what time it is. You know what time it is, besties. We start and it's like, it's last two brain cells time. <laughs> okay. This episode, we were feeling a little saucy today. We just had a little coffee date and we were discussing what episode we want to film. But I have a lot to say this week. And I'm, Madison said, I want this week to be spicy. I, cho- I chose violence this week. She did. I I just have a lot to say. I have a list and Uh-oh. I think the people are finally ready for someone to say it. This episode Someone is, had to say it. Someone had to say it. It's going to be me. This episode is our industry X. Elliot. Are you excited? I'm excited. I can't wait to hear Elliot's honestly. Oh, yeah. If you guys know Elliot in real life, he has an opinion on absolutely everything. So true. And this episode is no different. Um, I have been in the industry for a while now. Um, would I consider myself an industry expert? I would. I would consider you one. I think I know more than I let on. I think I... Yeah, you think you're a secret expert? I'm one of those people... I, I'm i one of those people... I just be knowing a little bit about everything. And I never say anything negative. You guys, Madison's really smart. I am really smart. <laughs> but One thing about me because I'm really smart. But... um. <laughs> I, I'm never one to ever say anything negative or like share my opinion publicly about honestly anything. Like if you go on my Instagram, I'm not one for like controversial posts, controversial opinions. I know they do really well. And um, anyone that knows anything about social media nowadays, like they say that you have to post your controversial opinions. You have to post. It's just not on brand. It's just not really my thing. And I like to be very uplifting and very positive online and in person. Um, so this isn't a negative episode, but I do want to be very transparent about like what I think about some things. Um, that have somewhat become the norm and I don't think it should be the norm. And I think somebody just needs to say it. And so we, we, cause some of these things have been very normalized. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think they should be normalized. I think this is really bizarre behavior. I agree. It is bizarre behavior. And as someone that has invested like almost a decade of my life in this industry, I think I, I think it is productive for me at this point because people look up to me now in this industry. And I think it, it is, I take my role very seriously and I think it would be productive to call out some of these things. that yeah, are bizarre. I think, I think there is a good chance that if you're like, Hey, this is, this is cringe. Then people might stop doing it. Yeah. I think if I, I, ho- I hope they do. I just want to call out some of these things that I think are cringe. So, and, and the thing is too, to preface all this, we're not calling out the people we're calling out the behaviors. A million percent. We're calling out the, the actions. It doesn't make you a bad person. I have zero enemies, you, you guys. I, but I want everyone in this industry to genuinely do well. And I think there are behaviors that have been normalized that are like actively holding people back. True. That's the thing is like all these, they're just not in your best interest. So if you do any of these and And you're like, Hey, the purpose of this podcast, we just want to help you is to uplift the entire industry, brands, independent artists, client awareness, all that stuff. Like I want everyone to have their best chance at success. That's what we've like built our life and our brand around. So true. And I think 
I like I spend my whole day like praising everyone, praising everyone's work and everyone's positive behavior. But there are things that I just think like should be changed so that everyone can do better for everyone. Well, let's just jump right on into let's it. Let's jump right in. And I have eight, you guys. Eight. We couldn't make it to 10. And when I see this kind of stuff, it doesn't I, I'm never like, like, screw that person, like whatever. But I, I never, but we're just like, Aw. I know that there's better ways to do it. And maybe they don't know any better. Yeah. And so, yeah. Number one, I and I have said this since I got out of beauty school. I think not my work posts are not a good idea on like almost every side. And I can see the argument for not my work posts. And to preface what, what is the argument for? First of all, what post? is a not my work post? Okay. A not my work post is when you get a foreign fill come in or you get work that isn't yours that you're working on. And instead of educating the client in person and maybe reaching out to that artist and like figuring out a very, you know, like real solution, um, is your first instinct is to take a photo of that work and make it look as horrific as possible, even though it might be horrific. Um, and you do super zoomed up with flash. Yeah, and, and like, like post it on the internet <laughs> and and publicly shame the artist that did it. And it's I know that it always has good intention, and usually the good intention is to educate clients to like go see a more experienced, higher priced artist or to do their research before seeing someone. Um, but I really think that it does more harm than good, and it makes you look like the lash police. And I I always say I'm not the lash police. No. You know, the police are the police. The board is the board. I am. The board is the lash police. The board is the lash police. I am not, not the lash police. Um, and here's the thing. I've never made a not my work post. I'm very proud of never making a not my work post since the beginning. I know and I understand the true frustration when you get work that is so clearly done rushed and quickly and maybe just people have no regard for people's health and safety um and i have seen some of the worst lash, lash disasters you could even fathom like the not my work post that i see on instagram like i would never even think to do a not my work post about it like there are posts now that just maybe isn't work that you do or it's pre-made or it's a little bit you know not isolated perfectly maybe it was done by a beginner but there's not my work post that could a legitimately ruin someone's career when they're a beginner you know, to yeah. I've seen not my work post tagging that artist. That's that's mean. That's wrong. That's a mean girl behavior. Yeah. Number three is I don't actually think that it has the effect that you think it does. And I think no. that your dream outcome when you make a this is a not my work post um, is that clients will see it and they will think that you're better than the artist that did it and they'll make a more informed decision. But what I think it does is it tells clients that you're OK putting down other people's work. Right. But yeah, true. To get ahead. Um, I think that you shouldn't be attracting your clientele based on putting down like somebody else. Agreed. I think you shouldn't build your business that way. And also, I think, and if, I, oh, what were you saying? Like? Also, if you're posting them on your feed, it makes your feed look really bad. It makes your feed look terrible. Because <laughs> then it's like, you have the ugliest if someone's, if, if a new customer is coming in and looking at it, they're not reading all the captions. They're just scrolling through and then they see some ugly, terrible lashes. And I just, just like, I think, oh, I think I it's book. just in general, not very in good taste. Um, now what I'm going to give you an alternative to it, not my work post. So if you get a, and this is what I always do. If you get a foreign yeah. fill come in and the lashes are cluster lashes applied to the skin, the person's in extreme pain, you know, it clearly damaged the integrity of their natural lashes. Maybe it gave them like an infection. It's, it's awful. Right. And it hurts your heart and it breaks your heart to see because you've invested so much time and money and, and skill 
in perfecting your expertise. And when somebody doesn't, I know that it can feel like a punch to the gut. Like, oh my gosh, I take my career so seriously. And there's other people in my area that don't, and it's affecting people like that sucks. And you know that that person is like making money off people. And, and you, and that really is annoying. Um, what I would do if you are genuinely concerned about the work that comes into your space is first of all, you educate the client in person kindly. That client made a decision as a consumer to go see someone. Maybe they were trying to get a discount. Maybe they were using a Groupon. Maybe they didn't understand that eyelash extensions are a luxury service. And like, they're just trying to see you to fix this mistake that they made, you know? Um, that's number one. So you never want to shame the client and it can make the client feel shamed if you post online about who they saw. Um, so in person, I always just say like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we have that conversation in person about how lash extensions should feel, how they should move freely, how they should be comfortable. That's why luxury lash extensions are a luxury and they might be a little more of an investment. And, um, but that investment is worth it for the health and safety of your eyes to see a licensed and certified professional, you know, like you can have that discussion in person with your clients. And then you are the one that rehabs their lashes and gives them that amazing experience and those amazing results. And you you do that all in person, right? Um, number two is if it is so bad that you feel like you need to protect other people from having that same experience and you know who the artist is, I would reach out to them directly a hundred percent. I've actually done it myself. I've done that. Like you can reach out to that artist uh, privately over email or DM or call or whatever it is. I know this is a little more, um, it takes balls, but I mean, if this really affects affects you, it, I w- it's it's much better to do that than to post the flame publicly. them publicly online. Yes, because like out of the two, that is the much kinder option. Like, yeah, you have to talk to them and be like, hey, if like- that salon that did that horrible work they're much more likely to correct the behavior if you have a personal conversation with them for their best interest and the best interest of their clients rather than posting it online. They're very, they're not very likely to even see that post, let alone change their behavior. Um, it just really doesn't have the effect we think it does. So I've reached out personally, like through DM or however I can get a hold of that person if I can find out who they are. Um, and I would just say like, you know, hi, I had a, I had some work come in today and it really alarmed me and, and, you know, for A, B, C, D, and E, I just wanted to bring to your attention that this is happening like with one of your artists or, you know, from you. And I don't want to see this happen to anyone else. Like I just wanted to give you the courtesy of reaching out to you personally, letting you know that like this is happening and they can respond however they want, but you've made it known privately and it's, it has a lot more punch if you do it privately and kindly and just out of a place of true concern. And if it's like actually horrific and like this is like, you know, like on the fire scale, like ding, 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 ding. This is red. There's an extreme fire danger. Um, if it's horrible and there is like someone in your area that's actively like giving people um like really, really hurting them. Like chemical burns. Not just, well, chemical burns are very mild, but I mean like- oh. Ellie doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, chemical burn sounds bad to me. I know, but chemical burns can happen just from opening your eyes. I mean, like if someone is like actively gluing like professional lashes and lash adhesive to someone's skin and like damaging their skin and their Ooh. eyes, I mean, you can call the state board. You can yeah. report them. Yeah, that like is honestly, cool. that's that's way more. Effect- I would, that would be yeah. That's like a last resort. That's your but that's your most effective bet over doing a not my work post. Oh yeah, that's. But, I would do that before. I if did you want to have an actual effect and change the way like 
people are getting lashes in your area, take actual action and do it all privately and professionally um, and without putting anyone else down online. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And like, I'm not one. I'm not, I'm not a fan of government agencies. Me either. But, but if someone is actually like harming people like that is, I think one of the only good reasons that the board exists yeah. is like to protect, to regulate the and protect the consumer. So it's not so. our job. That is true. Like, it is not your that's job. Why, that's why there's a governing board for eyelash extensions. Yeah. It's to regulate stuff like that. Um, and I don't think you should be the lash police. I don't think you should call in and report everyone that's unlicensed. I don't think you should call in and, and ding, ding, ding. Like, don't be like that. But I'm saying there are... Yeah, alter- don't be a tattletale. No, but there are alternatives if something is genuinely hurting someone that you can do before you go online that's true yeah that's true i would keep your online presence as positive and kind as possible and only post about your own work as a rule of thumb or lifting up other people's work that's good yeah what's your next one number two and this actually i have personally i have personally been victimized by this a handful (laughs) of times number two is bullying people about their pricing come on because don't do that (laughs) Because Be nice. here's the thing in 2023, there is like, um, there are a, a, there's a huge price range for luxury beauty services. Like mm. lash extensions range from, you know, $40 a set and in other countries, you know, it, it's very, very low or very, very high. Um, but in the U S I mean, professional lash extensions range greatly depending on a lot of different variables um that isn't just your area for the love of god Every, people. that that's the other that's a sub that's a sub ick is everyone saying well you can only charge that because you live in so and so town it's like no there's so many that is one factor that is one factor usually that is a minor factor but um it, it, it can be a big factor. Like if you're in a small town, then it is harder to like raise your prices to, you know, what people can charge in big cities. But there are so many other factors that also influence what you can charge and what people are willing to pay that is not just your city or your town. That's like 20% is maybe where you live. The other 80% is is everything else. Everything else. And I see it a lot. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I don't post my pricing online anymore. I don't really make reels or videos about it, even though, like, they would get a lot of views and a lot of clicks if people knew my pricing. And oh, what- if, yeah. If Madison went online, she's like, I charge $400 for a full set. Then people would be like, oh, my gosh. Well, if you posted that on TikTok, like, everyone would yeah. be flaming like, you because pe- they'd pe- be like, no way. She doesn't people do know that. how much I charge, but people are so upset when they see other people charging a price that they like don't understand how they're charging it. Well, I think it comes from a place of like feeling like it makes you feel bad. If you see someone charging a lot and you feel like you can't charge that much that, okay, this is my other, you assume it has to be their area. This is my other sub. Yeah, no, you assume that it's, it's something that's out of your control. Mm -hmm. So like, cause, cause as people, it's a very common, like, human psychology thing that if we see something that is not how we want it to be in our lives, then our brain wants to believe that it is something that's out of our control because it's a lot easier to just uh, write it off to being like, oh, well, they had all these things like line up for them. They got lucky. I didn't get lucky. So I can't charge that much instead of like 
taking that accountability for yourself because it's a lot harder to say, oh, you know, maybe it is me. Maybe there could be something that I'm doing to improve. Um, and I think more broadly, that is also uh, one of my icks. This is one of my Ooh, my hot takes. Bring it on, Elliot. Um, is when you look at someone who is doing better than you at something. Your um, first instinct is to... Is to put that down. Yeah. And, and or... or it, I think there's two really common ways that people respond to that. One, they put it down. Or two, it makes them feel like bad about themselves. Mm. And I think both of those are very unhealthy. And I don't think um, I don't think those are good ways to be. Like we stay away from the mindset stuff mostly on this podcast. But I think it is a very important thing. Like when we see both of us, when we see someone who's doing better than us in like business or in like their lash technique is incredible or we see someone doing better th than us in anything branding whatever branding it is. anything i my first thought and i think this is something that like developed over time but now my first thought when is we like we were baby business owners we'd be like oh my oh, gosh they're doing so good like yeah like we'd be like jealous of them or something but, but now like i look at that i'm like wow that's amazing like I, I use it as fuel is mm -hmm. I'm like, I see that and I'm like, wow, like they're doing this. Like, how can I learn from that to make my stuff And it's better? so mature of a mindset to congratulate them and to yeah. be genuinely happy and for them. Be happy for people who are genuinely. doing better than you. Because like the fact that they're doing better than you, like when someone paves the way and, and like does something, it makes it easier for other people to do it after them. It's like the four minute mile. Like no one ran a four minute mile until like what was it 1980 or 1990 yeah. something and then after one person ran the four minute mile like 50 other people ran the four minute mile within like a year or two and it's like seeing something is possible it it if you are the kind of person who uses that as like motivation and and is fuel then it makes it so much easier for you to do the same thing yeah. it's like when we moved here we saw a bunch of people who were like killing it in business and and we were just like i was working my day job madison was Doing, uh, just taking clients put, putting in 10 hour days and then we artist. we saw that all this stuff was possible in business and we were like wow like this makes me believe that i could do this because like this person and me we aren't so different mm -hmm. like they're really smart I, maybe I'm not quite as smart of them, but I could, I could try, yeah. you know? And I, I feel like, um, I, it, it made me believe that like this stuff was possible. So when I see people who are like doing really well in like the lash industry, I'm just like, wow, that means it's easier for me to reach that level because someone else has already done it before me. Yeah. And I think that's a much healthier mindset to like look at things at than be like, oh, well they only got this way because they are, they went to school with daddy's money and <laughs> yeah, literally. like blah, blah, blah. Or they live in LA and so they can charge these prices. It's like, no, like use there, it to encourage you. There have been times online where I have talked about my pricing to a like encourage people because I started from literally the bottom. I started like below or 99% of lash art to start like that one post you had like a week I made or two one, ago I made, what was it no that post that you uh like reposted a week or two ago where you were like hey girls oh yeah like I literally sent out a flyer to everyone from my old high school back in 2017 and I was like hey sisters hey 40, sisters 45 dollar lash fills lowest price in town no it was wasn't it like 40 I think it was 45 dollar full sets actually. yeah it was 45 dollar oh full sets <laughs> yeah but I'm like I started so low and I think when people hear like how much I charge and how but also it's not just how much I charge people tip me 60 dollars a fill yeah, you literally, Daily. you make 10 times as much per full set now as you did when you were starting. That's yeah, crazy. But it's like people, 
they see what, what I charge now and they have no idea how I started. They have no idea what it took to be like, they don't know what my client experience is like. They don't know what my skill is like. They don't know what my client retention, comfort experience, like they have no idea what it's taken in that seven years to charge that. And, um, so I think that people just, they criticize what they don't understand rather than using it as encouragement. Yeah. And I saw the most incredible TikTok yesterday and it made me so happy. And it was very much for my for you page. Mm-hmm. It was a mother and a daughter that owned a hair salon together, right? I wish I saved it. It was, it was a pretty viral video. I'm sure you'll see it eventually, but it was a mother and a daughter that owned a hair salon together. And the mother was talking about how the mom had been doing hair for like 40 years and she was just an older hairstylist and she um, branded herself and specialized in like express haircuts and very, very cheap services. And that was her clientele that she's built. And her daughter, fresh out of beauty school, decided to like really, really hone in on her continued education. She specialized in a certain type of extensions that no one in their very small town did. She lived in a small town and her daughter charged like through the roof pricing. I mean, she charged like 300 an hour. I think it was like, yeah, a couple hundred bucks an hour. And in their small town, that was like absolutely unheard of. And she had clients flying in to see her. Like she had a a social media presence. She really built this uh, brand for herself and she was able to target a different clientele. And the mom was talking about how people were so mean to her about her daughter's pricing. And the mom was like defending her daughter. And she was like, listen to me. We have, we are two completely different stylists and it's completely like our business is the fault of our own. Like my daughter has done A, B, C, D, and E and set herself apart and has worked her ass off to be able to charge this at a young age. And I didn't know better. Like I thought that this was the best I could do. I thought that express cuts were just the way to go. And me taking 15 clients a day was the answer to make a lot of money. And she's like, and now at my older age, like this is where my business is and like I can't be mad at my daughter like I am so proud of her for like setting herself apart as an artist not just as a service provider and I thought it was so refreshing to hear especially from the older generation because I think the older generation of lash stylists hairstylists beauty professionals they kind of look down at the younger generation of like oh you know back in our day like it you like no we one could would. only charge twelve fifty for a full set of yeah, lashes. Yeah, it's like you don't have to anymore. Yeah, you don't have to anymore. Like I, I have taught so many older artists that have open minds and they take that extended education and they don't set themselves in their ways and they grow and they curate a different clientele. And I'm like, just because it used to be a certain way twenty years ago doesn't mean that it is that way today. And I loved hearing this mom talk about how proud of the younger generation of stylists mm-hmm. she is and how amazing it is to see them make an incredible living for themselves and actually have a clientele that respects them and loves their work. And she said, it's such hard work and she's seen her daughter do that, but like it is amazing to watch as an older generation stylist. I thought that was a very good video. That's nice. When you see someone who's uh, like charging more than you online or their their business is in a place that's like grown more than where you're at, I I think it's much better for your first question to be like, oh, how'd they do that? And how, how could I do that do also? That? Like, yeah. that's really, that's really impressive. That's really, that's really cool. Instead of being like, oh, they just, they just did this, this and this. Anyone like, could do that if yeah. they got lucky. Mm-hmm. If they got lucky and it's, it's not good. Yeah. So... What's number three? 
And honestly, if you struggle with that, I genuinely think you should like get deeper therapy on that. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Go see a psychologist. No, no. Okay. Or a therapist, not <laughs> I, a psychologist. No, I genuinely <laughs> think like, because I think it's deeper than pricing. I think just in general, yeah. if you constantly feel like people doing better than you makes you makes you yeah. have less value as an artist or as a person. I genuinely think that's something you can work on and like, but it might be deeper. Like it might be deeper than you just listening to this podcast. Like that might come from childhood. That might come from a lot of different things. So I think, no, I, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I'm a big advocate for like getting therapy in places that you yeah. need it to make your life and your mindset better. Get a, ther get, go to therapy, babe. Yeah. I truly mean that. I love, I think therapy is great. I don't get therapy, but I would if I, <laughs> I don't go to therapy. I think therapy is great for other people. I, I've been to therapy. I've been to therapy. Madison's like, I wish a lot of people would go therapy. I don't need it, but I know a lot of people who should go. I wish all y'all did. No, I'm kidding. That sounded so bad. No, I have, I have gone to therapy, but um, I don't actively, but I would be open to, again, if there were like problems in my life. That I tell Madison she should go to therapy all the time. Ellie does, but I I'm do. like, no, the voices in my head and I, we just, you know, we they're doing good. So right now, we figure it out. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of getting, getting your therapy when needed. Yeah. I truly am. Um, and honestly, if I ever had a different job, I would be a therapist. Yeah. I would admit, oh, me, if Matt, I, you, if, you were a volunteer therapist. I actually in was. Yeah. High school. Yeah, I did. Um, was it high school or college? In high school, I was a volunteer grief counsel, grief facilitator for a small group. Yeah. So she like helped kids whose parents died, like deal with it. I did. Very, very hard volunteer work. Honestly, best Tuesdays and Thursdays of my life. I genuinely, if I, lash extensions didn't exist, I would go into like She'd mental health counseling. Doing a million yeah. percent. I think it's such a like. And she still does that every day with her clients. With Elliot. Yeah, with me. Oh my gosh, she's got so many issues, you guys. <laughs> you guys. Okay, number three. <laughs> I got some demons Number three, up there. <laughs> industry. This isn't really, um, this is more for artists, but I think for the best interest of your business, and, and I just am tired of seeing it in the year 2023, have a booking system. If you are still taking... For the love of all that is good, please set up a booking system. And even if... And I can see the argument for not having a booking system. Like if you are someone that... What's the argument? If Well, if you're a busy mom that has like three kids and you need to be very, very like... Flexible? Flexible for your own sake and you can only accommodate like eight clients. I think you should have... Um, Th then like do whatever you want. But I'm saying like if you're an artist that's attracting a clientele... If you're not in that very specific circumstance then just set it up like you can do it so easily through square or wix yeah. or squarespace or literally whatever system you use like but it's set it's, up a booking system it can so sync with your calendar it makes your life so much easier it really does tmi you guys but i was trying to book a waxing appointment <gasps> and i saw i literally this is what I based my booking on. And I did all the research as a regular client, like Google, Instagram, Facebook reviews, everything. And I booked with the first person that had a booking system. Oh my gosh. I do the exact same thing. I literally just booked with the first person. Every time I book a waxing appointment, I do the exact same and, thing. I mean, if I have to DM anyone, I'm not going. If I have to text yeah. or email or inquire, I'm not going. Sorry. Per. If I can't reschedule my own appointment and like, it, I'm not going. I don't want to have to talk to someone. I'm not going. It, nah. If you want a business that DM is to book should die. <laughs> DM to book, get it out of your bio. <laughs> DM to book. No. Okay. Um, number four, and this is also artist related is it might as well say not accepting clients publicly complaining about your clients or your business on the internet is a huge ick. And it, 
I think even if your clientele is fully booked, you're like, look, I'm fully booked, whatever. I think it is always going to come back to hurt you. And I think it's not in your best interest to do it no matter I mean, guys, the injustices that have happened to me, I have been (laughs) the (laughs) things that have happened to me that I will never share on the Internet. Madison has been she's been mistreated and it has guys, but I'm not not being a victim here, but I'm just saying it has it has been so beneficial to my business going forward to to not publicly ever complain about my clients on my Instagram um, especially while you're building your clientele, if you get no showed and your first reaction is to like post about how no shows hurt businesses yeah. online, your fingers start, start tingling. I promise you, you to put it I on your promise story. You there are so many better options than complaining about your clients online. Yeah. Like, like therapy. <laughs> the answer to all of this is get a good therapist. I should recommend this episode is Yo, sponsored. We should by, get a therapy. And this episode is sponsored by better help. <laughs> <laughs> no it's literally not yeah it actually isn't no and it's I actually, not i actually i actually don't recommend no Health. i i i think can I, we have an anti-sponsor no i think mia had a terrible experience with better health no i know people that i know done, a lot of people that i know people experience. that have done better health yeah. and the therapist literally has like come on in their boxer shorts like in a mcdonald's drive through and they're just like hey girl uh one second i'm just can hey i girl. get a number five damn. <laughs> they start telling them their stuff they're like damn that's crazy they hit him with the damn that's crazy girl yeah no we we don't have any sponsors for the podcast but if you want to sponsor us we'll think about it yeah we we just have a random local therapist sponsors us (laughs) we're like (laughs) if you're in the scottsdale tempe area (laughs) you can see rick (laughs) you can go see rick the therapist rick is awesome (laughs) rick's great he paid us 20 bucks to say this (laughs) um I've never gone to Rick, but he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, publicly like bashing your clients online always gave me the ick. Even when I was starting out, I was like, man, I know that sometimes like, you know, when you're working with the public, you can have bad experience, but bad experiences. But like, honestly, just take it and grow from it. You gotta be better than that. Grow from it and it'll teach you something. I promise you with every poor client interaction or no show or whatever, like you can learn something there. Take take what you can from that experience. Every time a mean client says something terrible to you an angel client gets their wings yeah a million percent so so just remember that yeah um and whenever i had a client that you know maybe no showed me or maybe didn't respect my policies or didn't respect me or whatever it was i always just in my head said there is a better client for me out there that will replace this one and this client will be better suited to someone else and i would let that client go and then you know naturally your clientele evolves until you have your your sweetie pie angels and now madison only takes sweetie pie angels i've all for the last few years i've only taken sweetie pie angels exclusively i can tell when someone's not a sweetie pie angel she can just from the texts madison has she's got the spidey sense a million percent okay number six number six and this one's a little I feel like this might be too spicy. Wait, what is it? Which one is it? Number six. Uh, is that too spicy? What's the habanero level? Ooh, that. What's, what's the Scoville? The Scoville on that is like it's like ten thousand Scoville. Really? That's pretty spicy. But I, I would say it. I don't want to call anyone out specifically. I would say no. Obviously. This is not anyone specifically. But here's the thing: like we run an education company, and so in the space, I see a lot of things that. Okay, we'll start off, we'll say what our philosophy is for what we teach. And 
our philosophy for teaching things is we will only teach something once we have successfully done it like a bunch. And and once we are to the point where we have like massively succeeded at whatever we're teaching. So Madison became very, very good at mega volume lash extensions and became the best in her state and then started teaching people how to do mega volume lash extensions. And then we... Uh, she became booked and busy multiple times across multiple states in very short periods of time. And then she started teaching people how to fill their books. And we... So I, I feel like it, it's really, We do it over and over again. So that's, that's kind of our philosophy. I feel like it's very disingenuous for business coaches to coach people on things that they have not ever succeeded on on their own. If a business coach... And I think there's a lot of business coaches in the beauty industry now... And they are coaching people things and promising them things that they have never achieved themselves. Yes. And I think that... If a business coach became successful by being a business coach, I would just be wary. I would just be wary. I would just be wary of And there's a lot of it in this industry nowadays because people have realized that there's like a lot of money money in business coaching. But I think if that is an avenue that you want to go down, I would make sure that your motive and your intentions are very, very pure and that you have actually succeeded at doing that thing Honestly, many multiple times, you know. Yeah, yeah. Master something and then teach people how to how to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that's very basic advice. But also, if you're like a consumer, someone who's looking for yeah. a business coach, I would just make sure that that business coach has done what you want to do. Well, it's like when people go see like a marriage life coach and they're like divorced. The, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Or exactly. Like if, you wouldn't see a relationship counselor who has been single for their entire life. Who's like serial life. dating on Tinder. Yeah, exactly. Like, so why would you trust a lash business coach? Who's never built a successful lash business. They were home-based for a year and took like five clients and I think kind of didn't yeah. work out. And so they're trying out business. La- like it, it doesn't make and sense. And they're like, oh, I'm a business coach now. And then they're like, oh, I make so much money being a business coach. And you're like, oh, they're successful. But it's like... If you want to learn how to go from being an okay lash artist into being a business coach, maybe then they could help you. But like if if you're taking advice from someone who... It just aches me yeah, out. Just, it just, just got- make sure that whoever you're taking advice from has accomplished what you want to accomplish. I'm not... I Like I think get a coach, get a mentor a million yeah. percent. Just make sure that they're the real deal. And I think nowadays it's very, very hard to find the real deal. Cause it's very easy to like pretend that you are flex. the real deal. Yeah. yeah. It's very easy to make it look like you are the real deal, but just have like, try and ask informed questions, yeah. try and really flesh out whether or not they know um, they've done what you're, what you're trying to do. A million percent. Number seven is, and you guys maybe haven't even like seen or heard of this before. You guys, I think we probably see more because we click on literally every lash ad we see. I click on anything that's recommended to me. Any lash. I'm just like, oh yeah, sign me up. Uh, But we've been getting targeted, you guys. For five to $10 (laughs) lash courses. They're like, learn a mega volume for $7.72. In 72 seconds. (laughs) In in one hour, you can learn how to do mega volume lash extensions. And me being me, you know me, I'm always investing in my education, honey. Oh, we've bought so many of these. I buy them. Who's buying this? Who's buying? If you're wondering... We're we're single-handedly keeping them in business. If you're wondering... If you get an ad for like a $5 like, buys these, lash Madison? certification course on TikTok and it's like, I'll teach you everything that I learned to make five figures in five minutes doing eyelash extensions um, for $5. You're like, who's going to buy that? Maddie Morris. Maddie Morris. It's me. 
I'll buy She's it twice. She's only. <laughs> I'll buy it twice. I'll buy it twice. <laughs> Just out of curiosity. I'll buy one for me, one for Elliot. So true. And I'll hang that certification on my oh, wall. Oh, proudly. <laughs> no, I just, it's honestly so bizarre. I don't even know how to talk about it, but I've taken these $5. It's get, like. Get Boogie Lash certified. It's like. $5. It'll be like a 10 page ebook where everything is spelled wrong. I hope that's not anyone's actual business name. Boogie, I wasn't Booger trying. Lashes. <laughs> Booger Lash certified. L- Booger Lash LLC. No, I, I went to one on TikTok and it was like a a $10 lash course. Yep. And so I bought it and I, it probably took me about 45 seconds to get through. And it was like, these are tweezers. These are lashes. You pick them up, put them on clients and Duh. you charge $150. And what's in the glue? Nobody cares. What's in the lat? What is a fan? Just make it, just pull it off and make it. And it'll be big and pretty. You guys, my brain was absolutely rotting, but <laughs> yeah, they exist. And I think that that should be like extremely denormalized, like whatever is the opposite of normalized. Just like don't buy them because here's the thing, like because people are buying them. This That's in- why they're doing this it. industry has worked so hard to be taken seriously within the beauty space. Like eyelash extensions started yeah. out as like a very niche kind of service. And as it's grown and popularized, we have gained a very great respect for the chemicals we're using and the products we're using. And people spend $30,000 sometimes to go to beauty school and people, you know, get their licenses and they fly across the world to take advanced education courses. And I think that it just kind of sets everyone back to be making lash education this cheap and this, um, it's just not serious. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately girls that are 18 and don't even know what you need to do lashes and don't even understand or have any respect for this career. They take this, these $5 TikTok classes and they put this cheetah print certificate on their wall and they start taking clients. And I mean, with it's just, I think it's taking advantage of the, of people that don't know better. And also it, it makes, it devalues the entire industry that should be taken very seriously. Yeah, the problem with that too is that the people who are buying these, like the ones you're talking about who don't know any better, they're not in our audience. So No, yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not doing anything by talking about it. But if you see anyone who's making these, tell them to be like, hey. Don't tell them anything. Just know. Just well they yeah. I guess yeah. It's I just don't like it. I just don't like it. It's very weird. Yeah, we know if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you I I know you're never going to fall for any of these, but just yeah. know people out there, they do. They do. They're on the TikTok lives and everyone's like, "How do oh, I learn lash yeah. extensions?" and they're like, "Oh, buy my $10 ebook." And it just it's yeah, wild. It makes people think that it's easy and it makes people think that it's just a cheap easy career and that's completely the opposite. And so, yeah, I just thought that was bizarre. I want to add that in there. This is my last one and this I think I feel strongest on if I had to rank these things and I think it's become a big (gasps) yeah this one honestly I feel very strongly about this one too we both do yeah oh yeah this one's so cringe no okay honestly (gasps) if you've done this you should feel called out you should feel called out and you should feel embarrassed and (laughs) the and the thing is there is there is forgiveness for all a million like if you if you have it's done never, this, it's never too late to change. Because I, I, I believe in I redemption, know for a fact, redemption and forgiveness rid- for all. Oh, for everyone, for it is everyone. it is freely given. Freely but, given. But I know for a fact there is someone in our audience. There are multiple people in There's our like, audience who have done this. Yeah. But 
you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe they you, didn't know better. Maybe you, they thought it was They just, didn't know better. They thought everyone was doing or it. Or they which, saw everyone doing it and thought it was cool. Which is true. A lot of people do it. But it's so cringe. It's so cringe. What is it, Madison? Buying your followers. Don't buy followers. Don't buy your freaking bro, followers, bro. Girl. Don't buy followers. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Like bra- big brands, big brands all do it, and I don't get it. I do not get it. Big brands do it. Independent artists do it. People who are working at salons do it. Everyone's freaking doing Everyone's it. Everyone's doing and it, and it's so cringe. Yeah. It's so cringe and like everyone's like, "Oh, don't don't throw stones from glass houses." You know who's never bought a freaking follower? This guy. These guys. These guys ever. Do you ever. Know, Look you know, me up on Social Blade, you guys. I've been building this thing for 5 oh, years. And okay, and here's the thing too. Here's the thing too. If you're if you haven't bought followers and you're like, "No one does that. Who does that?" Here's how you find out if someone's bought followers. There's two ways. We're just going to break the, the, the one internet. easy way is you look at the ratio of their followers to the engagement they get per post. Now, there are some people, some psychopaths out there, who will also buy likes on posts. <laughs> and those people... And those people are, are double crazy. Are double crazy. Those people are double crazy. <laughs> Who's buying likes okay, on their posts? We're peaking a little bit. Who's buying likes on their um, posts? Freaking, I know I know some accounts that do, like, for every post. Like, I know, I've, I, I, Caleb and I, actually, the uh, Caleb, our friend who runs a coffee shop, we were looking... Looking at an account um, like a week or two ago, and it was so clear that they bought 250 likes per <gasps> post because every post was out here getting like 260 to 280 likes. And we're like, well, obviously they're buying 250 of those. Yeah. But um, okay, that's one way to find out um, if, if someone has bought followers. If they have a lot of followers, but then every post is getting you know mid engagement or they're getting like not many comments if, a, if an many. account has a hundred thousand followers and it gets like 150 likes per post oh that's super obvious but here's the other thing well, too there's there's websites you can look up to see people well, that's that's the second way but the other thing with this too is if someone has a big account that's like you know if they're over twenty thousand followers if they're over ten thousand followers if they're in like you know tens of thousands of followers range or a hundred thousand followers they will have reels on their account that have gotten hundred plus thousand views, like hundreds of thousands of views, because that's the way you gain followers is you'll have reels that do really well. Um, it, like in modern Instagram, like yeah. two, three, four years ago, it was a little different, but now the way accounts grow is you'll have reels that will blow up. They'll do really well. And then those reels will draw new followers in. And then your average number of like likes per post will do well. Yeah. But accounts that have organic big followings, they'll have some reels, some posts that get, you know, thousands, 10,000 likes. They'll have some that get like 800, 1,000 likes. There'll be a big variance. But if you see an account if and they have like a hundred thousand followers, but then all of their posts get like a few hundred likes, absolutely they bought their followers. Absolutely. So there's the other way is you can look on this website called Social Blade. And that kind of broke my brain because I used to believe that like everyone's following was real because I just assumed the best in everybody. It's my worst trait, you guys. And she just loves too hard and she believes too strong. Guys, for real, it's hard out here. But I remember Elliot one time was on Social Blade and he was looking up like all these big lash accounts. Because um, I was like, I was like looking at their followers and I was like, I was looking at their engagement on their post. I'm like, this seems suspicious. And El- and Elliot was looking it up and he was showing me and I was like, no freaking way. And what you can do. And the the 
downside of social blade is that you can really only look back for like the last few months they don't have like oh, really yeah, yeah, long-term yeah. statistics yeah. but there's other websites though i think yeah there are other ones that are they're a little harder to use but um with social blade you can find out if someone's bought followers within the last few months because social blade tracks it's a website that tracks like the metrics for instagram and like YouTube and Twitter accounts, yeah. but you put in the Instagram handle and then you can look on there and you can see how many followers they gained per day. And so if they're gaining like 60, 80, 100, like 30, 40 followers per day, then like, okay, cool. And like then that, it that all adds shoots, up. But then they get by 12,000 yeah, overnight. They get 7,000 and 32 followers in a day. Then it's like, okay, well something's a little suspicious there come on and um yeah we it was it was probably a year or two ago we started looking at some like bigger accounts and Just then we were looking and they would be like 10 followers 32 followers 15 followers negative 10 followers negative 10 and then nine thousand followers, followers overnight in one day and it's like so I just, you, th I just think going forward, like, here's the thing. I think in 2023, let's, let's just leave that in the past. Let's just be the industry that focus focuses less on like status metrics and focuses way more on actual community, actually actual great content. Because and you know what you can't buy? People paying you money to get lash extensions from you Literally. or people paying you money to buy your products. Literally. Like you buying followers, it's not it's not going to help. I know that it, it creates the like illusion that you're bigger you're than bigger. you are. Yeah, but absolutely. I just, I don't respect it. Nah. And I, and I, I don't respect it at all. Nah, it's cringe. And I respect people so much more that have like genuinely worked so hard for like the community, the audience, the, mm -hmm. the work, the creativity, whatever it is. And I think everyone is starting to kind of be tired of like the vanity metrics and like the vanity numbers. Oh, absolutely. And they see it and yeah. And so here's the thing. If you've bought followers in the past. Like that's why, like I have like 56,000 followers right now, which is more followers than I ever thought I would have. That and, is very true. And it's so crazy to me. Like when I, when I, think of all of those people i post more intentionally now because i that know it is so true because, i didn't even think about because that. i know that they're real people and when people follow me like i see everyone that follows me every day and if i see a lash artist follow me i try to follow them back i try so hard um especially i try to follow a lot of smaller lash artists that are starting yeah. um because i want them to like see my content and like be inspired and we can build that community yeah but if you knew that like 80 percent of that fifty thousand came from a bot farm in belarus yeah i, would, like, I wouldn't you, care as much like i would you'd I, be like oh I, i'm posting this one for igor yeah like i really wouldn't care i really wouldn't yeah, care as wouldn't. much but i actually like hold a lot more weight to the things that i put out there because i know that there are real eyes on me yeah and i i just care more yeah. and i think that other people would too if they you know i would rather to this day and to this right now i would much rather have like 500 lash artist followers that like they buy everything that I put out They're They're like obsessed with our mission. They followed me from the beginning. You know, they like get educated or inspired by the things that I post rather than have like a, a brand with 500,000 followers where they're all just random strangers well, that, or, or, they, or they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. They don't exist. Um, yeah. So if you've, if you bought followers in the past, it's okay. Don't feel bad. Just, girl. just don't do it again. This is lightheart. Just we, don't do it anymore. Yeah. We're not judging you, but yeah. 
I mean, we're judging a little bit. Well, yeah, but we're I mean, judging like, a little bit. You should feel embarrassed. If but, you change your behavior, but I'm if not... you change your behavior, we're all good. Yeah. We're all good. Even if you said, if you came up to me, if if someone came up to me and was like, "Hey, I bought followers in the past, but I will never do it again," this is my response. I'll say that's pretty cringe, but you know what? <laughs> we're cool. <laughs> And that's that's how I feel. It's not a sin. I just think that it's like not in Maybe the. Maybe it's a sin. I just think it's disingenuous. It might be a sin. It's not a sin, I think, Elliot. I think if we look at the Elliot, <laughs> stop it! Don't listen, to Elliot. No, no more <laughs> Elliot today, you guys. I just I just think it's disingenuous, and I think it hurts like the industry overall. And it it hurts you most of all. I just think it hurts you. It's not it's not in your best interest. Yeah. I know it feels good. Does it feel good? I know people that have. Why am I literally so you're, out of control you're, today? You're out of pocket today. I have seen people that have bought an entire oh, following I know where you're going and then have this. sold a course on how to grow your following. Yep. Are you out of control? Are you out of control? Are you out of control, you're Brittany? Crazy. How do you sleep at night? Also, also, I know people who have bought followers and then Instagram will go through and they'll like purge like bought followers. And yeah, Instagram also will like they'll restrict your account. They'll notice. They'll and like, so that's another way that you can find out if you can figure out if someone has bought followers like in the past, like more than a few months ago, is if just randomly one day they'll lose like a thousand followers. It's because Instagram day. literally can like Instagram goes through and purges it. So it, it's like it's not gonna help you. And like one of the things too that it's like it's not confirmed, but people are pretty sure that if you buy a bunch of followers and then Instagram goes through and they like purge bot followers and then you lose a bunch of followers, they'll like lower the reach of your account because they know. It, They're like, well, obviously you're buying followers. We're not going to show your account to other people. I feel like a grandma because I like honestly don't understand how that all works, but it, it is. It's the algorithms. It's bananas, you guys. Yeah, it's, it's the AI and the algorithms. They think, figure it out. I just think if you are, you know, maybe you're trying to start like an education brand or a product brand or whatever it is, and you feel like you can never get ahead because there's all these like gigantic competitors in the online space. Girl, you're doing better than you think you are, honey. Yeah. And also it's, it's not harder to grow because there's other people who are big. No, not at all. Like it's, it's really, people can still grow accounts very quickly today. Like it is absolutely possible. Like the coffee shop, for example, the coffee shop's a great example, actually. Oh yeah, it is a The great coffee example. shop started out from zero just over a year ago. Like it started last March. We started the coffee mm -hmm. shop Instagram account. It's at like what? 11,000 followers. It's now? surpassed all the like, Small. It's we are one of the biggest coffee shop Instagram accounts in Phoenix. And and the reason was was because Madison helped Mariah and Caleb with the what Madison has learned over the course of like growing her Instagram account. She like taught that to Mariah and she was like, Mariah, this is how you do well on Instagram. Well, I mean to Mariah's credit, I didn't and teach her much. No, I'll, but I, then Mariah also, yeah, killed I'll, it with I'll, the content. All I told Mariah, all I told Mariah was I was like post more. I said be consistent daily and yeah. make a real a day. And no matter how stupid you think it looks, someone is gonna think that it's entertaining and good and they're gonna buy coffee from That us. is so true. That was like all the advice. And no, I literally did not teach Mariah. I cannot yeah. take credit for how well she's done with it. But, but then like, yeah, she killed it. I and gave her some pointers from what I've learned in my last life. And Mariah literally has ran 
ran with it and she makes her reels and she yeah. has shown up and and she's gotten more confident like in front of the camera and yeah. started making like really funny like really relatable content and then those were the ones that blew up and then yeah our the account like 11,000 followers in a year is really good for a local for a local shop. business that's insane if you were doing like a if you were doing like a meme page and you were like yes. posting like memes and like if you were doing like a barstool sports type page like yeah 10,000 followers in a year is like way easy but that's not nearly as valuable of a demographic to have following you like the demographic that follows our coffee shop is like coffee aficionados and those are the people who actually convert into customers and so like i would rather have ten thousand really high quality followers than like a two hundred thousand follower meme page because like and you know what else I it's think, not worth it and you know what else i think that i want to end on that would just be encouraging to like lash artists that are listening is um, a lot of lash artists think that they need a lot of followers and that makes absolutely no sense to me because lash, oh, if you're a local lash artist, if you are a lash artist that takes clients for a living, you need like 20 followers. Yeah. <laughs> like, if all of your followers were clients, then you're good. I used to believe starting out that I would like just needed a bunch of followers. And so me and nah. my friends would like try to do giveaways with the intent of getting followers. And like, yeah. we would do like cross promoting and shout outs on our stories. And then I quickly realized, I was like, wait a minute, I am taking 10 clients a day. Why on earth do I need my page to be bigger? It no. doesn't make any sense. Like I wasn't. The only time it actually started helping was once Madison's like, turn like shifted into doing education where it's like her oh, yeah. audience once, now is once, like nationwide of course once i turned my lash business into a brand and salon suites and and you know now yeah it does help that course, she has a big account of, well now i i do things that you know reach a broader audience but in the when you're starting out yeah it you just, don't need it i think you should put your energy towards you know the 15 to 40 people that are gonna like actually pay your bills and and give you a business yeah and and, and being good at doing lashes yeah a like like uh it's like you days, don't you don't have to focus on it and that's like should should be a weight off your shoulders like uh madison's uh nail girl is a great example all yeah. she does she has done nothing to grow her instagram all she does is post pictures of the sets of nails that she does and she has like what like twenty thousand followers 50. So, 50. She's got 50,000 followers and she does nothing except when she does a set of nails, she takes a picture and posts it on her page. And she's just very good but, at doing nail art. But her skill her is, skill is really impeccable. good. And so she has her an creativity. She has this huge page. Unmatched. And so it's like if you, you know, naturally, if you're doing like lash work that really stands out, of course, people are going to follow you. Yeah, She has not done a single giveaway ever. No, but <laughs> I think that and she doesn't do any hacks or this or no, that. She, like, does, she doesn't even use like a freaking hashtag. She doesn't even put a caption. She the, just is like, here's a set of nails I did. Oh, my gosh. It's the it's so we get so caught up in numbers and you know, if you're not building anything that needs those numbers, like if you're not building um, online education or maybe you're building uh, a storefront or a salon or uh, what else or education or product or whatever it is, if you are taking clients and not to say that's less than that's that's if you are taking clients, you don't need to have a lot of followers oh. like if you want a lot of followers, just be consistent every single day and post valuable or entertaining or, or post really good sets of lashes, or really incredible sets of lashes that people could use as inspiration. People pictures. will be like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. But be so patient with it. And like, yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it does, but most of the time it doesn't. And it's just, I, I wouldn't make that your number one priority. I would really just enjoy taking pictures of your clients to uh, promote your business and to have a beautiful online presence 
And, uh, but if you don't need it, like you don't need it. And, uh, and also there is a huge population of lash artists that aren't even on Instagram at all. And they have thriving businesses. Yeah. Paul was saying it's like over half of lash artists aren't even on Instagram. Yeah. And which, I, that kind of blew my mind. It, it, but it, honestly, I was like, yeah, I mean, I get it. You're right. But I never thought about that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. If you're building a lash business, like there's so many successful lash artists out there completely that word don't of mouth. have Instagram accounts completely at word all. Of mouth. So it's like. Moral of the story, don't buy followers. Yeah. Don't do it. And just be yourself and believe in yourself, honey buns. Yeah. Who you are is beautiful. Make your own kind of music. (laughs) Okay. Sing your own special song. Well, I hope this I hope this episode was valuable to you guys (laughs) and it kind of just shed light on some things that i was entertaining yeah i just i feel like i have a little inside window to like the lash world and i want to we have very specific icks yeah and i think that going forward like this is just going to be such a positive industry to be in but it only is if like the people at the people that are doing really well the people that are at the top like are positive and call out behavior that is bizarre and that isn't productive i think like it's up to all of us to make those changes and to be the kind of like people that we want in this industry. Agreed. Agreed. Well, anyways, besties. Anyways, besties. We will see you in the next one. Until next time. Smooches. Smooches. Bye.